0: You are listening to the VBAC link podcast. This is episode number 44. And today we are talking with our friend Shariah. She is from Florida and she had uh, HBAC or home birth after cesarean. We are going to get started in just a second, but of course
1: we've got the review of the week with Julie. Yay, I cannot wait to hear Shariah's story. But first, we are going to share a review. This is probably one of my favorites so far, guys. It's Mm -hmm. from our friend Witty Wit on iTunes, I believe. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, but that's just kind of weird for being on Facebook. It's a weird name. I might have typed it in wrong. Anyways, Witty Wit, wherever you are, this is from you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It says, as I am knee deep in my own personal research for my upcoming VBAC, Hubby and I will be starting to try for number two in May. It's coming up fast. Your podcast has provided me with comfort and empowerment knowing that I can and will get my V back. You have helped me to be confident in my choices for my body and going forward, I have the ammunition and strength to notice red flags when interviewing providers. I am very passionate about empowering women to know what is right for their bodies and super passionate on informing others about VBAC. I am floored with the amount of people who are completely oblivious about VBAC being a safe alternative to repeat C-section, and it breaks my heart that most obese don't even present information on VBACs. Anyways, thank you for this podcast. I cannot express how dear it is to me. Also... Mm -hmm. I can give you both some credit for leading me down the path to being a doula. I will start my training at the end of summer. You are my jam. Man and Winnie West, you are our jam because (laughs) we love reviews like this, guys. If you haven't had a chance yet, head over to Apple Podcasts or Facebook or Instagram. Shoot us a message. Leave us a review. Drop the five stars we read every single one of them and as a couple of hot mess (laughs) stay-at-home moms like Shariah can attest to (laughs) um we these really do make our day so thank you for that
0: (laughs) yes seriously I love every single so iTunes takes a little bit to kind of update and so every single time I log in there's new reviews and it just makes our day so thank you so much Witty Wit.
2: The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: We would love to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Have you ever heard of the Nose Frida Snot Sucker? Well, let me tell you, when I first heard of it, I wasn't too sure about it. But oh my gosh, ladies, check out the Nose Frida Snot Sucker. It is amazing it's
1: the best thing in my house and i know it is in julie's my husband will never use anything else to suck snot out of our kids noses anymore it's easy it's gentle and the babies just love it and they feel better and breathe better and when that happens guess who sleeps better? Us mamas. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's not really all they have. They have
0: so much more. You guys, they have incredible products. They have products for gassy tummies, runny nose, dry and scaly skin. They even have an AccuDose pacifier. Yep, that's actually a real thing, and it's a lifesaver. So go check out all their incredible products at FridaBaby.com. That is Frida, F R I D A. B-A-B-Y dot com. All right, Shariah, are you excited? Because we are excited. Let's let's get into your story.
3: Yes, ma'am. I'd love to share. Like you guys said, my name is Shariah, and I'm from Deltona, Florida. I've been here for probably almost six years now. And me and my husband have been married for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in October. And, Happy anniversary
0: um, in October. Then, here's
3: not feel so old. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so we decided a year after we got married that we wanted to start trying to have a baby. Um, I was older than he was um, when we got married. I was 23. He was 19. <laughs> Good Everyone's for you. like, Ooh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like that reaction. Um, but. Um, So, you know, like the internal clock goes off and you just, you know, you want that baby. So Mm -hmm. um, we, after a year of marriage, we tried and we got pregnant right away, which was shocking to me because, you know, stories I've heard, it takes a little while, but nope, right away. And so I remember taking the test and like yelling from the bathroom, like, Cause I was excited, but scared at the same time.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And
3: so walk out to see my husband smiling from ear to ear. Like I was shaking, but Aww. he was like super oh. happy. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> I had a very normal pregnancy. I didn't, obviously I wasn't a very educated first time mom. Cause you know, I kind of just went off of the things you see in the movies or, mm-hmm. you know, the stories you hear from other people. Birth wasn't really my world at that time. So I had a normal pregnancy with one exception of a gallbladder attack when I was about five months. And obviously there was nothing they can do about that. But my pregnancy progressed like normal. You know, you take the pictures and you watch the baby move, all that kind of stuff. And I enjoyed every single minute of it. And then we got to the part where... Now, granted, I went through an OBGYN like a doctor for my first time because I didn't know that there were any other options out there. I had no idea that home birth was a thing, Mm -hmm. no idea that birth centers were a thing, midwives were a thing, doulas. I had no clue. I was strictly going off of, you know, what I have been taught in the past Mm -hmm. and what I've seen in movies. Like, you see people in a hospital so I instantly thought that birth was a medical thing. So I went with my doctor. She was fantastic. I loved her. But we got to, I think it was like the last week of pregnancy when everybody goes a little crazy and you're like, uh. get the baby out. <laughs> it's a very vulnerable time, that's for sure. <laughs> I had reached that point and my mom and my grandma had traveled from Pennsylvania down to North Carolina where I lived at the time to be with me while I gave birth to my first child, my daughter. And so they had been there like a week and a half at this point. And i was like, oh, boy. So I'm already feeling the stress of i got to have this baby before they leave because I'm not going to have any help when they leave. It will just be me and my husband, and we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had talked to my doctor, and she obviously said that an induction was, you know, an option. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that it would be able to cause the baby to come faster. You know, I wanted her to come out now. And so I remember (laughs) sitting in the doctor's office with my mom, my grandmother, the doctor. And I was so fed up at that point. I just wanted her out. And I said, listen, I said, get her out now or you're coming to my house to help me after she's born. (sighs) To my doctor. And she just looked at me like oh, my goodness, okay, okay, let's get this going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we scheduled the induction, I think, for, like, the next day or two. And I went in that morning, and, you know, obviously you get hooked up to all this stuff, and the Pitocin starts, and I really wasn't dilated at all, maybe one centimeter at the most. And I think I reached two centimeters, and they broke my water. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. I didn't know that that was the right thing to do. I was trusting my doctor, completely trusting the nurses and the doctor, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know better. And so the contraction started coming really, really hard and I couldn't I could not take it because I was never taught a coping mechanism how to breathe and how to relax and how to just, you know, let your body do the work. And so I think maybe an hour or two after that I asked for the epidural and I got it. And I didn't know where the epidural went, <laughs> so that was a nice surprise to me that it went in your back. But after I got that, that I felt great. I was able to sleep. I labored for over thirty hours with my oh, first wow. one. Yeah, and I didn't know that it you know it could take that long. And so I think around the thirty hour mark, the doctor that I was seeing on a regular basis, she was no longer on call so it was the next doctor on call. I did not know him at all, never seen his face until that moment. And I remember him walking into my room and going, now I really think that we need to do a C-section because it's been so long. He He had like, and I don't want to sound mean, but he kind of had that air about him like, let's get this over with. And so I didn't know what to think. I didn't know how to process it, and I immediately got, like, really angry and, like, shut down. I didn't talk for, like, 30 minutes to anybody. (laughs) So, I'm sitting in the bed, like, trying to process what he just presented to me as an option to get my baby out. And, you know, those thoughts go through your head of, well, I'm broken. Like, my body's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And I think around if I remember correctly, the 30-hour mark, someone had mentioned that I had reached 8 centimeters. So I thought I was doing good, but I guess the baby's head was kind of off to the side. It wasn't positioned correctly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Asynclitic. hmm so,
3: Yeah, yeah, that was it. And so it was just a matter of just a positioning mm-hmm. thing now mm-hmm. that I know, but yeah, I didn't know at the time. So I signed the papers, and I gave consent to go ahead with the C-section. And I remember being terrified. I didn't know what to expect. And all of a sudden, you just have this, you know, group of people around you, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Like, you're strapped down to the table. Your arms are out. People are poking you, asking you questions. It's like, it was like a a flurry of things going on. And so all I can remember saying was, thank you Jesus thank you Jesus that's all I can remember saying Aww. um and the next thing I knew I heard my baby cry and then my husband was you know right there to see her and she was wide-eyed looking at the world and the uh, the doctor was like I've never seen a baby so awake before so <laughs> that, was, that was reassuring <laughs> but um she's still nosy but I love her <laughs> she was from the start <laughs> <laughs>
2: Funny how that works out. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) But so after all that, I went to recovery. I ended up having a fever because I guess infection had started from them breaking my water so early, you know, taking medications, all that kind of stuff to get the fever to come down and pain medication. And once I got into my room to, you know, like the recovery room and stuff like that, I remember like it was a few days later, we were ready to go home. And my mom had come back to pick us all up. And my, my daughter was in the car seat. And she, you know how they put those little um, alarm bracelets on their feet and stuff like that?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: The nurse had come in, I guess, to give us the discharge papers, get us, you know, ready to go. And all of a sudden, she just picks up the baby and she walks out. What? And I was like, Mom, Mom, like, here I am struggling from a C-section like, I'm not supposed to be walking. I was supposed to be in a wheelchair,
2: mm-hmm. never
3: got a wheelchair, had to walk all the way to my car, and here's this nurse taking my baby, my brand-new baby, down the hallway, and I don't know why. Yeah. So my mom is looking back at me and looking at my daughter and looking back at me, and I said, Mom, go be with the baby. I'm okay. So, I mean, the whole experience to me was kind of traumatic.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I didn't know how to process what had happened, or why it happened. No one gave me any explanation, you know, anything. I was just discharged and went on my way. So I was like, okay, whatever. And, you know, you deal with the, the thoughts that come to you after you're able to process things and, oh, what did I do wrong or what could I have done, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I kind of, you know, processed it all and got through it. So fast forward three Three years later, after that, me and my husband decided, okay, let's try for baby number two. And I don't know what we're thinking, but we did it. (laughs) So um, we, again, started trying, got pregnant right away. Again, another shocker. But I instantly knew I kind of didn't want to go the same route. I didn't want to be forced into another C-section. And I knew by law that that's pretty much what I, my choice that I had. So I started, I I started out with a doctor and I think I was about seven-ish, maybe eight weeks. And I went into their office and they were, before I even got to see the doctor or a nurse, this lady pulled me to the side, like in the billing department. And she goes to me, she's like, you know, Miss McKay, we need you to sign this paper and pay this amount of money before you even have a baby. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was really confused because I had never had to do that before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what's it for? And she was like, well, it's doctor's fees and delivery fees and all this kind of stuff. Global and fee, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, but I haven't even had the baby yet. I <laughs> like, I was so confused. And coming from a a one-income family, I can't just make money grow on a tree and, you know, go pick it in my backyard. (laughs) So I explained to her, I said, listen, ma'am, I said, I understand what you're telling me, but I don't know how I'm going to come up with this money to pay you every month. And it was a good amount of money. So she was like, she got real upset all but like, instantly. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She's like, well, if you can't pay it, we can't see you. Hmm. And I was like. Uh, wh- what? <laughs> like, I was just stunned. And so I was like, okay, trying to hold back the tears as she's, you know, telling me this. And so I walk out of the doctor's office and get into my car and instantly start bawling. Uh, yeah. And I was like, you don't tell a pregnant woman you can't take care of her mm-hmm. and her unborn baby. You, you don't do that. So, after crying and talking with my husband, I did some research, got online and found a local birth center. And so I was like, you know what, Lord, I know you've brought me to this. Let me just let me go see what it's about. So I called, made an appointment, met with the midwives, and I instantly felt at home. I was like, mm, yeah. The best that. feeling out. ever. That's what happened to me. <laughs> yes, oh my goodness, <laughs> it was amazing. And I was like, where have you guys been my whole life? Like, why did I not know about you guys before? So we almost instantly became friends and I enjoyed my care through the mid- midwives. 100%. And so it came time again, normal pregnancy, nothing major was happening. My due date came and went, <laughs> of mm-hmm. course. And I didn't know you could go past your due date. That was another surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, was more a little more educated this time than I was the time before, but not completely how I probably should have been. So I I remember my due date came and went and I'm I'm texting them in Oh, I need her to come out now. I want her to come out and they've tried everything. And when I mean everything, I mean everything. From massages to oils to spicy food to what me? What got me in it will get me out. Like that kind of thing. Like, you name it. My friends were like massaging my legs and pushing on pressure points, and I'm just like, guys, this is not working. <laughs> this is not working. But it was it was funny to watch and think about now. But I think it was about ten days after my due date, labor actually started. Ten days. Uh, ten days. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. That and every so day nice. was like, oh my gosh, is it coming? But I had I do believe the midwife had like swept my membranes twice and during that time I you know we were doing a lot of shopping because it was my mom and my grandma once again and there was nothing else to do but wait for baby and shop so I remember shopping in one of the stores and all of a sudden I felt like I had peed myself I was like oh oh, oh, that's not good but it wasn't like a gosh it was just like (laughs) I to the <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just went to the bathroom. I shouldn't be peeing myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I didn't tell anybody. Didn't think anything of it. But it was the next morning when I woke up. It was a Monday morning, and labor was started in my back. It was a oh, whole mm. back labor, and I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't feel right. I don't feel good because I didn't really get to experience contractions with my first pregnancy so because it was epidural like right away and so I was like "Ooh, oh these might be contractions like this this kind of hurts and so I remember I had an appointment that day to go see the midwife I went in I told her what was going on she said yep it sounds like you're in early labor here's what you need to do go home and try to rest perfect so that's what I did I went home and tried to rest but you know of course I couldn't and as soon as I walked in my door, the contractions got so much more intense. And I remember just like holding on to my mom and crying, like I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, "Oh, honey, this is just the beginning." And I was like, "Mom,
0: like, wait me a that. second, tell me I
3: can do it." <laughs> exactly. Tell me it's almost over. Now that it's just the beginning. <laughs> oh. But um, a few hours after that, they were timeable and they picked up in intensity and we called the midwife and they came and they set up the birthing pool in our room. It was a midwife and a student midwife. So she kind of acted like the student midwife kind of acted like the doula, but I didn't know that was a thing at the time. So it was really cool to look back and see how that played out once I was conscious enough to understand the process. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember filling up that pool and she giving me permission to go into the warm water and I was like please do not get me out of this water ever like it right? felt I it love just the felt water so, so good much. <laughs> yes and I remember there was a few times like because I just went into a zone I didn't know what day it was what time it was who was around me nothing and I remember multiple times telling the midwife, going, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. And she would, she would turn to me, and she would smile. And she goes, oh, honey, you can do this. We're mm-hmm. going to do this. And you just keep going, like, calm as can be. And honestly, I kind of wanted to punch her in the face, but <laughs> I didn't. Because I'm like, I want this over with, and you're telling me to keep going. But after a while, in the pool, I had to get out. And it was almost about the time to push, about nine centimeters, I think I was, but I started swelling.
2: And she's mm. like, I
3: need you to get out of the pool. I need you to get on the bed with your booty in the air and all this kind of stuff to stop the swelling. I was like, Okay. So I'm doing that and my body's wanting to push this baby out. And I was like, I can't stop it. She's like, just just let it happen. Like she was literally like coaching me through everything. And when it was time to push Mind you, I was on my bed at my home, in the comfort of my home, with my mom, my husband, my grandma, and the two midwives, and it was the most magical, magical, like, event of my life.
1: Mm -hmm. I had
3: to, like, kind of going back, I had to take a class to be approved to have a VBAC, because uh, they had to make sure my uterus was strong enough and all that kind of stuff, and the incision was okay, Mm and I... I was uh, cleared for that, but, like, when I was on that bed, because I literally had to tell myself on a daily basis, Shereya, you can do this. You can do this. I was, like, giving myself affirmations, I guess, <laughs> saying, you know what, keep going. You can do this. You know, you were created to give this baby life and birth this baby, and I remember kind of thinking about that when I was on the bed, you know, about to push my second child, my daughter, second child, out of, you know, onto the bed and I'm pushing and pushing. And the midwife has one leg, my mom has the other, my husband's right there by my head telling me, you can do this, keep going. You're so strong. Like i don't to cry about, about it now, just thinking about it. And I remember pushing her out and there she was. And all of a sudden, like, I felt like I snapped back to reality from work where, wherever I was. Mm-hmm. And if if you were to talk to my mom she laughs about it now, she's like, Sharaya, your face was so funny. <laughs> she's like when when your daughter came out, you kind of just looked at me and said, That's it? <laughs> that's it? Like it's all over with. Like mm-hmm. we laugh about it now, but that's I that's what I said. I was like, That's it, we're done but fourteen hours didn't feel like fourteen hours to me. It felt like, you know, a few hours because I was in that zone and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. So having one experience in a harsh setting in a hospital was, you know, people I didn't know, I felt that were kind of unfriendly at times. And I'm not saying anything bad about the, you know, hospitals because they are needed, but I personally didn't have a good experience with that. So I wanted to go another route because I was told by a doctor that they could not see me, they would not see mm-hmm. me because I wouldn't pay money. I found an alternate route to have a baby. And honestly, it opened my eyes to the world of birth. Yes. Like, I didn't know there was so much and how beautiful it actually was and how sacred it actually was. Mm-hmm. And so when, after she came out, I felt like superwoman. I was like, yes I did this like mm-hmm. I even said it out loud multiple times I was like honey you, you can't say anything to me for you know da months I was like I did this I birthed this baby on this bed mm-hmm. and like I just felt so empowered like I had found my strength and I, I can't even really properly put it into words the amount of power I felt because I knew that I had set my mind to it And that's what I was going to do. Yeah. And I did it. And so when it came time for my third child, I'll just touch on that quickly. Again, three years after my second child, we decided to go try for another, hoping for the boy, because we had two girls previously. (laughs) I was like, oh, please, (laughs) because mama don't want to do this again. So please, (laughs) Lord, let it be a boy. (laughs) Um, So we ended up getting the boy, and he was supposed to be a home birth. All of our plans were for a home birth because I loved the experience. I loved the treatment. I was a a human being. I was treated like a human being and not a number. And the midwives cared so much about my pregnancy and my child and everything that was going on. So I was like, that's the route I'm going again. And so we had everything set up for all that. And the midwives came and action started and something wasn't right. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I knew something wasn't right because contractions just kept going and going and going and they were not stopping, but this was early labor. And by that time I was, I figured out, you know, I was kind of more educated again. So what ended up happening was I was six centimeters. They broke my water while I was on the bed and they found out that the baby had a bowel movement Mm -hmm. in my stomach. And so immediately everyone's like, okay, we need to get to the hospital. So I was a transfer. I had to ride in the car to the hospital. And I was like eight, nine centimeters at that point when I arrived at the hospital. And so I was like, oh, boy, oh, boy, this baby's coming. Like, I'm going to have this baby in the waiting room if you don't hurry up. (laughs) So that to me, being planned home birth ended in a hospital birth. Um, was kind of traumatic for me because it it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. It was still beautiful. It was very beautiful. But I, again, wasn't treated very nicely by the hospital people. I was pretty much told by the doctor delivering me that I had two hours to push this baby out or I was being transferred. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, wherever you transfer me out, I'm going to have the baby in. It, he's here. He's coming. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best of experience. I'm thankful for a healthy baby boy, and I was healthy and everything was okay with me, but I didn't need that added pressure to push a baby out when I was already under so much pressure. You know, I, I don't know. It's just It was just too much. And then the comments and Yeah, there was a lot that went into that, and it's kind of still real because he's only ten months, and um, you kind of play it back in my in my head, and it's just like, really, sir, (laughs) why did you treat me like that? So that's why I decided that home birth was a thing for me, and I loved every minute of it.
0: I love it. I love that, and yeah, it's so unfortunate when you know when a mom has to transfer that you know when they're when they arrive to the hospital we hope that women are treated just the same as anyone you know and yeah. and unfortunately that doesn't always happen but we hope that it you know continues to get better and it makes me sad yeah. to hear that you know i don't know that women that women have to feel I don't even know yeah. how, how to say. It. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. not okay. just not and have as good of an experience transferring or even just at the hospital. And you know those global fees, man. I'll tell you what. I remember yeah. I was also told yeah. um, <laughs> with my second yeah. daughter that I had to have everything paid by like thirty four or 35 weeks or something like that. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) So it's overwhelming, but I love that. I love that you were surrounded with your loved ones and that you had such a great um, and beautiful experience. Thank you so much for sharing that.
3: Thank you for letting me share.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) So we want to just kind of share a quick stat on um, home birth after cesarean or HBAC, H-B-E. AC. For those listening, um, it's just a quick study. So I'm going to just read it off to you guys. So in 2013, 1.4% of U.S. births took place outside of the hospital, which is, you know, low, but that's awesome. Like it's kind of big too. And surprisingly, 644 of those occurred at home. So there's birth center births and there's home births. So sometimes women have births, you know, out of the hospital, but are maybe in two different places. The number of women who gave birth at home was thirty six thousand and eighty. It was the highest since nineteen eighty nine, when reporting of home births began. So that was that's, you know, women are having home births more and more. And you know, Julie had two, three, three home births. Yes. You have three, two yeah. home births. <laughs> three. Yeah, you yeah. have four kids. <laughs> four Feels
1: kids. like five hundred sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So
0: but home birth home birth in general, you know, especially home birth for B back or H back, it's growing in popularity and women are safe in having beautiful, safe home births. And sometimes they do have to have a transfer for, you know, different reasons. But we hope that like I was saying earlier, that if a mom has to transfer from out of hospital that they're, re- they're treated with respect and don't have a hard experience going into that. Well,
1: and I think the important thing too to know is that your midwife was like, okay, there's a problem, we need to go to the hospital. Yeah, she addressed it. that's why it's so important to, to, most midwives out there are really, really good and are not afraid to transfer women when needed. So when you're interviewing home birth midwives or birth center midwives, ask them what their transfer rate is. And if it's a little high than what you expected, then rest assured that that midwife is not going to let her ego get in the way, that she is going to take care of you you and your baby. And if there's anything that might slightly be wrong, then you are going to be taken care of and that everyone's going to be safe and well. And I think that that's the most important thing really is finding a provider that um, is comfortable with home birth, that's done it a lot and that is prepared to transfer you when necessary definitely
0: yeah and you know something i wasn't at home i was at the birth center but something i truly felt confident in with my midwife is i almost felt like she was two steps ahead all the time and um so it just brought so much comfort and then obviously having my my family and my doulas and everybody in my space made it even better so i love i love your story so much thank you so much i truly appreciate
2: it would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things vback, including online and in-person vback classes, the vback blog and Julian Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.